Hi, everyone, and welcome to This is Leadership, a podcast dedicated to bringing you insightful conversations with leaders that inspire us to be better and to go further. I'm your host, Joel McLean, and I am very excited to have you here with us today. Now, let's get to today's episode and get our leadership on. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of This Is Leadership Podcast, your intersection between growth and leadership. And today, I've got a treat for you. Uh, It's really my pleasure to welcome my guest today. We've known each other for a few years. We lived on the same street and uh, our sons, well, our kids actually went to the same high school and now they're all growing up and almost, we're we're, we're almost empty nesters. So Lisa Lamoury Collins, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. And it took a little while for us to to find a date and to get you on. But I said, you know, Lisa, you know, when I when I first got the podcast started, the English podcast started, you know, you're one of the first people that that came to mind that I wanted, you know, to to welcome on the show. And and we're going to talk about it. But it's especially because, you know, what you've been doing in the last couple of years, what you're doing this year, which is really interesting um, in, in your board. But before that, you know, you were you were doing some really interesting work at a whole other level. And, you know, that basically not only for your experience as a principal, of course, because you've been doing that for a long time now, but especially, you know, that zoom out that you were able to experience, you know, being at OPC. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, I think that's a really interesting perspective. And talk about a zoom out, you know, looking at, you know, what principals are doing across the province, what their needs are and where the tendencies are going. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting your your feedback on that and, and, you know, what experience you had and what you've seen. And, of course, in your new role that you just started, was it last year? Uh, in September, actually. In September, yeah, because you just yeah. got back from, from the other job at OPC. So we'll talk all about that. But before we get going, Lisa, um, you know, I said we lived on the same street in Calendar, Ontario. For those mm-hmm. of you that don't know where that is, it's right beside North Bay three and a half hours north of Toronto, but we're the southern northern Ontario. I always say that. Lisa, um, how about you tell us a little about a little bit about yourself so that uh, you know we can get to know you a little better. Sounds good, Joel. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> so uh, I be- I began my career in education actually as an educational assistant way back in 1998 uh, for the Near North District School Board, and then uh, became a teacher, went went to teacher's college and uh, became a teacher and taught everything from kindergarten to grade eight in both English and French immersion stream and uh, became a spec ed resource teacher and then uh, went into um, leadership into becoming a vice principal and then principal. So uh, I've been a principal now since 2010 and uh, been at quite a few different schools and then I had the great experience last year of becoming uh, the president of the Ontario Principals Council. And I've been mm-hmm. involved with the Ontario Principals Council for some time now. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, and, I, and I'm and i a mother of three. Uh, as Joelle mentioned, we, our oldest sons uh, went to school together, uh, high school together. And now uh, my oldest, Ethan, is 19 and is in his second year at Trent University in Peterborough. And then I've got Ella, who's 16 in grade 11, and, and Jack, who is uh, in grade 8 at West Ferris. And then I also have a uh, um, stepdaughter named yep. Avi, who's in grade three. So yeah, it's a, a busy, very busy life. So <laughs> but, in other words, you're still like running around for sports and activities and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. So but it'll come fast enough. But yeah, it's, it was great to watch our, our kids grow up and 
And like you said, our sons, well, they went to the same high school and uh, actually hung around a few times as well at a few parties and and mm-hmm. things like that, that uh, that kids that age will do. So, but just yeah. nice to see them growing up around the neighborhood. You know, that was great. And so interesting enough, I did not know that you started as a teacher's assistant in your career. Yes. So, so let's start there, Lisa. Okay. So here you are, you, you got started, you're, you're working in a school. What made you want, you know, what is it that made you think, okay, you know, I love what I'm doing now with the kids, but I think I'd want to be a teacher. So if we can go back there and just talk about, you know, what, what elements made you want to make that switch? For sure. So I started, well, I should go back at, you know, I had, I grew up with two siblings with special needs. Okay. And uh, so I always had a passion for spec ed, you know, uh, growing up with two siblings with special needs. And I started working as a respite worker and working for community living. Yeah. Uh, so I worked with many different children with disabilities, physical and intellectual. Uh, so th- and then I became an educational assistant. But during that time, I was doing my undergrad at the same time. Okay. So my my plan was always to become a teacher. But uh, I started doing my becoming an educational assistant as I was completing my undergrad. And uh, yeah, so my passion has always been for spec ed and, and uh, that, that's why I became a special education teacher. And, you know, that was my passion. That's, that's great. And what is it that, um, you know, thinking back on the years that you were in the classroom, now we know that you, that's your passion, where your passion lies is, is spec ed, but, you know, what is it about teaching that you, that you loved? Well, you know, there's so many things that I do love about teaching. And of course, I love children. And uh, but I love I love change as well. And and education is always changing. Uh, You know that even if you're away for a year, you come back and there's so many new initiatives. And, and I love that. But I also love the difference that we can make in in children's lives as well. And, And we know that, you know, that happens, we spend so much time with them. And and uh, it's just seeing them change and develop and, and the progress that they make, which is amazing to see. And I, and I always love seeing that. Yeah. And, and geez, has it ever changed with the years and all it, now I don't want to sound like my, my parents, you know, when our parents say, you know, in our days, it used to be like this. And we used to walk in snow and six feet. It, I'm not going into, into that kind of thing, but we started, you know, at about the same time I started in 1997. So that was my first year teaching September, 1997. And, you know, it's, it's a lot different. You know, the, the generations are different, you know, going through, going through the years and society has changed as well. And, and the kids certainly are different. So, you know, what, what are you seeing as being, you know, the biggest challenges with, with our students in our schools today? That's a good question. I mean, there's so many challenges. I I think going um, with COVID and, and being on remote learning was definitely a challenge for many. And now being back to face to face, you know, definitely that really hit a lot of uh, students with their mental health as well and mental well being. And uh, I think it's so nice that we're finally back in person, but that was definitely a challenge was, um, you know, shifting back and forth from uh, online learning to in person. And you know what, when we went through it in, in my boards, um, you know, those were the toughest situations where our, 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 you know, our, our students that, that did have needs, be it special needs or any, you know, any kind of needs, because it was really hard to be able to give them that kind of service. It's, it's the type of service where you need that, that human, that human connection, right? That's a little bit more than what we get when we're in teams or in zoom or in Google meet, whatever it is that, that we were using, you need that connection because a, a lot of them, especially social emotional, it's that connection. You know, it could be it, it could be just, you know, the presence of the person physically, uh, you know, it could be just, you know, a, a touch on the shoulder 
or, or you know, or, or things like that. So, and we didn't have that during that time. So it was really tough. And, you know, I think that those are the students that struggle the most, you know, I think everybody struggled to a certain degree for some kids, they enjoyed it. You know, they, they did well and they prospered, but for others, you know, I seen a lot of kids that were doing extremely well in the classroom, just in, in, in a regular time when they were there, uh, you know, just in person and then coming back, you know, you can see that they, they struggled a little bit, even though they were high achieving students, uh, a lot of them, you know, missed that, that human connection uh, that we needed, but especially our, our special needs students, you know, that was really tough to see that. Yes, definitely. And just that social piece too, they, they need that. So those social interactions with other students as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so you did, you know, you did classroom teaching and you did that for a number of years. And then all of a sudden, you know, Lisa was thinking, well, I think I'd like to go into administration. So I always like to ask the question because when I think about my story, I think that I've always known that I wanted to get there eventually, you know, right from the get go. I had this vision, you know, I had this idea of what school should be like for the kids and for the staff. And so because of that, I was like, okay, you know what, I'd like to eventually you know, get to that position. But what was it for you, Lisa, that, um, you know, you're working in schools, you're having a good time working in, in, in spec ed, I would imagine, because you're talking about how that was your passion. So now you're thinking about going, you know, to an administrative position. So what is it that that brought you to that, you know, to, to that position? Well, I had a lot of wonderful mentors along the way, I have to okay. say, and, and I was very fortunate to have many, you know, different mentors and a few of them, you know, tapped on me to to go into leadership and said, you know, Lisa, really think that you should consider this. And I would get, uh, you know, little handouts in my mailbox at school when I was <laughs> oh, a teacher. Oh, really? Saying, That's you nice. Want to you want to, you know, attend this workshop or, you know, this meeting and just yeah. doing different leadership work. Um, so that really is what made me start thinking about it and, and just making, you know, um, you can make so much of a difference in a classroom. I think every educator makes a difference, but I wanted to do, to continue to do more. Right. So yeah. that, that's really what pushed me to go into leadership as well. Yeah. It's have that, you know, that, that bigger, you know, a wider impact if you want, you know, it's at that level, it's not the same, you know, you're, we're not directly involved directly each and every day every second with the students as the teachers are but we are with the adults right and that's where our, our, our influence you know is a lot bigger is with the adults and how we can lead them in terms of their growth in terms of developing their leadership and in terms of de developing their growth mindset and what have you because we know that's going to trickle down to the kids right definitely yeah so then okay so then you, you got into you know administration and you've been doing that for a number of years now. So what what is it, you know, and we'll get to OPC in a moment, but what is it about being a school principal that you love? Well, there's not just one thing, just like being a teacher. I, I think there's so many things that I love, but, you know, obviously it's it's working with children and families and staff and, and just being able to have those connections and make those connections with people and uh, you know, I, I love uh, just, you know, being able to be in the classrooms when I was a principal too. I, I would yeah. love, you know, that that's how I would start my day usually after announcements is doing rounds and visiting classrooms and, you know, seeing what's happening in the classrooms, making those interactions with students and best way to get to know them is doing that. And I remember also, you know, wanting to go outside at recess because that was the yeah. best time, best way to get to know your students was being outside at recess as well, right? And seeing their social interactions and finding out, you know, maybe there may be some students that are struggling at recess and have no one to socialize with. So keeping an eye on those students that, you know, might need a little help. 
in that way. But uh, definitely the connections that you make with with students, families, and staff is is one of the things that I love being uh, doing as a principal. And then just being able to you know share your learning and and learn from each other because yeah. I really feel like everybody has strengths to offer and we all have strengths in different areas and. And you learn that as you get to know your students and your staff and your families and then playing on those strengths really. Right. And, and uh, yeah. So, um, okay. So, you know, being, being a principal, um, is a demanding job, of course, you know, there's some, some good days, there's some days that aren't as good. So, you you know, thinking back throughout the years, Lisa, you know, I like to talk a lot about, you know, uh, personal and professional development growth, and how, you know, what I'm seeing in the work that I do in, in my board and within, you know, the work that I, that I do with Inspire Leadership, you know, I see a lot of, of my colleagues, you know, be it in Canada, United States, everywhere, you know, I'm seeing, you know, some of my colleagues just not making the necessary time, you know, for their growth and, and their well-being. Uh, you know, they're putting, it's, it's so easy for them to put that aside, you know, because either they don't see it as being something important, you know, they give it up right away. You know, that time slot, if they did have have it booked to do some reading or to do some writing and they'll just give it away and say, OK, well, I'll go and, and I'll do something else. So what is it, Lisa, in which ways did you, you know, make sure that you were still growing when you were in a principal position? So I have to say that throughout my entire career in education, I don't think I've ever stopped taking courses. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I've always taken courses from the beginning, you know, because I uh, took additional qualification courses, yeah. and then took my principal's course, then did my master's, and, uh, you know, just continued to to take courses. I'm still actually taking courses right now, but I've always had a passion, you know, for learning, and, and I think as educators, we all do. So, uh, yeah, and, and even at staff meetings, just doing professional development, like uh, often we would do a book club, you know, th- yeah. uh, when I was principal and I, and I would buy a book for all the staff and we would do a book study, but, uh, I do feel that it's really important to, you know, continue to pursue those professional learning opportunities. And there's so many out there now. And, and the, the nice part is you can do them online as well. And, you know, I'm always tapping into the Ontario Principal Council courses that they have because they offer so many different ones. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can you have different ways of doing it. You can do it for an hour. You can do a book club. So it's listening to different speakers and just, you know, it's nice to be able to have a variety and learn and take away from from other uh, presenters and, and different courses as well. But I do think it's so important, you know, to pursue yeah. those opportunities so that we can keep enriching our own learning. Exactly. Like, and like you said, you know, everybody that we meet knows something that we don't know, so we can learn from them. Right. So, you know, speaking of OPC, you know, what a great segue. So, you know, here you were, you know, you started off class classroom teacher, went to, went up to principal. And then there was this opportunity, I guess, that was presented to you. Right. So this opportunity at, at OPC. So how, how explain to us, or, you know, tell us how you first got into, you know, working directly at OPC. I, I would imagine it was the, it was a, a detachment. Uh, but you know, how is it that you ended up there? And you know, what are the reasons that took that exactly that took you there? Yeah, okay. It, it was. It's been quite a journey, actually. And it started in 2016 with OPC. And one of my near north uh, colleagues actually came to visit me and asked me if I was interested in, you know, maybe being a counselor. Um, and yes. that's how I started. And usually, there's a uh, elementary and secondary counselor that that goes down to Toronto three times a year yeah. uh, for the council meetings. It's not always in Toronto, it can be in other parts of the province as well now. 
so, you know, he reached out to me to find out if I was interested and I was, and then I became a counselor. And uh, after one year of becoming a counselor, I was appointed as member at large on the OPC executive, which was an okay. amazing opportunity. And I got to really get to know, you know, what it was like to be on the executive. And then that kind of inspired me actually to go further with OPC and uh, then I put my name forward, actually, to be um, president-elect to, to start. And uh, I, you know, I had to do a speech and, and all the members of OPC had to vote. And yeah, I was very fortunate to have that opportunity and to get in as president-elect. And it's been a third-year term um, for being the president because one year I served as president-elect and then okay. president last year. And now I'm still on the executive as past president. So, uh, yeah, so I've been involved with OPC since 2016, and it's it's been an amazing experience and journey for me. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, all the people that you're meeting and the connections that you're, that, you know, you're really maximizing on that experience and taking back with you, you know, as much as you can. And now it's your board that's actually benefiting from all that, you know, all those connections that you made, uh, the learning that you made and the growth that you've, that you've known. So what an opportunity to be at the provincial level as president, you know, working in before, but eventually as president of Principals Professional Association. So you're really diving into exactly, you know, what's going on with with our colleagues as leaders, you know, what is it that they need to grow? And, you know, where the association or where, where we see, you know, principals going in the future. So as the time that you were at OPC, Lisa, I'm curious to know, when thinking about what you were seeing on the field, the feedback you were getting from school principals, you know, what are some of the biggest needs that you were seeing out there for principals? Well, there's many. The role of principal continues to change, as I'm sure Absolutely. you're aware of. And, uh, you know, it's really changed in the last five years, definitely. And uh, workload for principals has definitely increased. And that's something that, you know, many of them shared with me when I was in my role as president. I got to visit many different boards across the province and uh, I got to hear, you know, many of their concerns and, and areas of need. And that was definitely one was, you know, the, just the how how often it changes the role of principal and it continues to change and evolve. And uh, I think of my role now as assistant principal of equity and well-being and just the equity issues that we're dealing with as as principals and as educators in today's society. We have a lot that we deal with when it comes to equity work as well. And uh, but definitely workload for principals and, you know, just the role continuing to change. And there's so many hats that principals wear and and. Uh, you know, um, because of the shortage now of teachers across the province as well. Many of our yeah. principals, I'm sure you're aware, are in oh, the yes. class, you know, covering classes oh, on yes. a regular basis. And and uh, that that's a reality for many. And, you know, just covering supervision is a big part of the day. And, and safety, of course, is a huge concern. And, you know, uh, we all love the role and, and we became principals because, you know, we love it. But uh, definitely many challenges uh, for the for, for principals, and there continues to be more and more. Absolutely, so I'd say especially in the last few years with job actions and and whatnot. So, and definitely, um, you know, even though I'm in a systemic position, you know, we were called upon last year and this year again to actually, you know, my team and I to actually go to schools and and give them, you know, a, a helping hand because they just didn't have the bodies and that were available to, to go into classrooms. So I've, you know, I've been up to New Liskert, I've been to North Bay, just helping as much as we can. So it's definitely a stress, you know, even though I'm not in the school anymore, I remember very well, you know, that stress that begins at Pretty much, well, you know, the night before, but it just kicks back in at 6 a.m. when you're looking at, you know, who's going to be there, who's not going to be there, who's sick, do I have every, everybody that I need? 
So, you know, it, it definitely is a stressful, uh, it's a stressful job. There's a lot of positives to the job as well, but, you know, I think you touched on something important where it's, it's a lot of hats, right? So, and that's why I think it's really important for our principals to be able to have those opportunities to develop those competencies that, and, and to, to have those tools in their toolbox to be able to cope with that. So, you know, thinking back on everything that you've seen, you know, as president of OPC, Lisa, you know, what, what are some of the things that our principals, you know, you know, and maybe some of them are listening to us right now and they're, and they're struggling, you know, they're struggling with time. They're struggling with, with pressure. They're struggling with, um, you know, with stress, you know, do you have a few things that you can, that you can share with them that they can do to try to alleviate that or try to cope with it and to actually develop the, you know, good habits and have the right tools in their toolbox? Yeah, I would definitely say it's important to have those, uh, that network of friends that you can uh, lean on when you're a principal. And and I was really fortunate that I had, a, you know, a group that I could lean on, and I still do, and reach out to because sometimes you just need that second opinion, you know, sometimes yeah. we're, we're problem solvers as principals, that's what we do, we spend our days solving problems, right. And uh, it's so important to make sure that, you know, you make time for yourself as well. But you also don't want to feel like everything lands on you. And that's why I think it's important when there is a challenge or there's a problem that you're solving. And if you're unsure, you know, reach out to a friend and, and call them and, and, you know, take the time. Don't feel like you have to solve that problem like right away, because sometimes we do have that pressure where we feel like we've got to solve it right away. And, you know, we've got people waiting for us to respond and, but you know what, I think it's really important. I've learned that over the years to take that time and make sure you do connect with someone that you trust and, and find out, okay, what do you think? And, and, you know, share the examples and say, okay, what do you, what would you do if you were in this scenario? And it's just nice to get that second opinion sometimes I think. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, the, the impatient part is so true. And you know what, in education, I, I was just talking about this with somebody last week and it's just amazing how in education we are very impatient and thinking back through the years, you know, the, the, one of the, probably the best pieces of proof that, that I, that I can get, that I can, you know, talk about right now is whenever there's like a new curriculum or whenever there's a new initiative, you know, we'll always have that feeling where, okay, just give it to me so that I can go and put it into place. Right. And we want it and we want everything in place and we want, you know, all the supports in place right away. And it usually doesn't work like that. And then people get frustrated, but there definitely is that element of impatience where, and I think it's part because we're perfectionists a little bit in education. We want things to work out well for the kids, um, you know, to have a good positive experience. But, you know, I think it's because we just want to get going and, for most of us in education anyways, I think we're go-getters and, you know, we're driven and we just want to put, you know, those best practice practices and best strategies into place right away. So, you know, but sometimes it could backfire and it can cause, end up causing ourselves. We end up causing ourselves a lot of stress, right? Because then we'll want to put it right away into place, but all those structures aren't yet in, in place, right? That we can, uh, where we can support the schools and that can create a little bit of, uh, a little bit of impatience and a little bit of, of, um, frustration that's for sure but sometimes mm-hmm. if you know we take the time to slow down and just think about it i think we'll realize that a lot of the times we're actually causing it to ourselves 
Definitely, for sure. I agree. Yeah. And I think it's okay. You know, it's okay to pause and, and say, you know what, let me look into this further and, and let me connect with some other people that have been through this experience. And uh, definitely just taking that time is important because like you said, we do feel that pressure and, you know, we want to make sure we're, we're trying to please everybody as well. And, and I think it's important that we do sometimes just take a pause and, and make sure that we're taking, you know, looking into different areas as well and making sure we're covering everything before giving an answer or trying to give a solution. Absolutely. And, you know, that's important what you're talking about, you know, connecting with colleagues and making sure that you're well, you know, that you're well surrounded with, with some, some colleagues that'll, you know, that, that'll be able to push you forward, but also uh, will be able to support you and push forward. I think it's really, really important. So, you know, it's one thing to say to our, our, our colleagues, our, our leadership colleagues, you know, that, you know, make sure that you're well surrounded. But I think we got to really take a look at what we're doing when we're together as well. So it's one thing to be able to talk and just, you know, de debrief and things like that. But, you know, how important is it, Lisa, that as a, as a school principal, as a school leader, I also create opportunities to be with my colleagues, but, you know, in terms of our growth, in terms of being really intentional in, you know, deciding or choosing activities that we can grow. How important is that? Oh, it's so important. And, you know, now with we don't have that many opportunities to be together as we did in the past, either with the supply shortages. And you know That's what right. I mean? So we're trying to be respectful of that. And so we don't always have that as much time as we used to in the past together. So we do have to make that time meaningful. And I think it's just really important to find out from our colleagues, what is it that you need support with, you know, find out what what's the area that you need the most support with so that we can focus on that and discuss strategies together. I think it's also important to have time to have conversations as well. And, yeah. you know, not just have a presentation and listening to it the whole time. It's really important to collaborate and have that time to collaborate with each other because we learn so much just from listening to each other as well. And, oh, I didn't know you had that going on in your school or I didn't know exactly. you were dealing with that challenge, you know? So that's how we learn about those things is by having that time to have those discussions and collaborate with each other. So I think that's important too, is to build that in when we are together that time. Yeah, that's a great point. And I have to say that um, the mastermind format for me has been a really big success, especially the the part where, you know, the part that we call the hot seat, right, which is the most important part of, of what a mastermind group is, you know, we'll do the book study, of course. So that's an important piece where we're reading and then we'll come back and we'll discuss the chapters. But the hot seat is actually and everybody has a turn in the hot seat at least once during the year. So every meeting, it's somebody's turn. And that person, what it is, is that person brings, you know, a challenge that they're facing either. It, and, and we just open it right up, right? We, we tell everybody it could be a challenge at work. It could be a challenge even at home. You know, you need ideas because, you know, you'd like to, to start, you know, uh, jumpstart an, an, an initiative. So anything in that, in that sense, the person brings to the, to the hot seat. So we give them time to explain the situation, you know, not, you know, not by taking an hour, but in, in about five minutes to be able to give us the gist of it. And then after that, you know, the people that are in the group uh, have an opportunity to be able to ask questions, clarifying questions, and then maybe give a few pointers. So that's just golden time. The principals love it when we do it, because like you said, it, it allows you to just press pause because that's often what we don't do. We don't stop the machine to be able to think and slow down. Right. So that's actually a time that we give ourselves intentionally in our calendar to be able to meet and say, listen, this is important. We need to learn. So we've got the book study, right? And we're learning with that. 
but we also need to to exchange and to to help each other out. So the mastermind in the hot seat has been a really, really, a really positive experience for everybody. That's wonderful. Yeah. At OPC, we have something called trending topics and we often, you know, have many different topics that uh, leaderships or leaders are dealing with. And then we discuss them and collaborate and, and they really, but you know, they love that time together and just having that time to discuss and share. So we learn from each other and we take ideas away and, it, and, you know, it's because we're such a large province too, in the Southern boards, they do things differently in the Northern right. boards, they do things differently. So it's nice to hear from each other and, oh, I didn't know, you know, I didn't, I've never tried that before. Maybe we'll try that. So yeah, it's, it's nice to have that time for sure. So, so if, if, you know, if people want to go and look to see what's going on, Lisa, I imagine you just go to the OPC website and and see what kind of, you know, professional development that's available. Is that right? That is right. Yes. Yeah. We, on our Ontario Principals Council website, they have uh, all of our professional learning. You'll see a tab for, for for professional learning and they've got all the, all the uh, different offers that they have for professional learning are there and you'll see everything that OPC has to offer. Yeah. Sure. So I think the important step, you know, for everybody that's listening to us now, you got to go and see what's available because if you don't go looking for it, it's not just going to fall in our laps. We know that, you know, yes, I think school boards more and more are realizing the importance of, you know, that leadership development and and the growth of our principles but it's not where anyways it's not nowhere near where i'd like to see it so we can't wait for those things to to just fall in our last we got to actually intentionally get out there and find them so that's a great place to start you know head out to that website and go and see what's available because there's a bunch of different things like uh, lisa was saying that's available you know stuff that's deferred stuff that's online stuff that's self-paced and then you got stuff that's live so you know what I think with a good time management system, if I go on the website and I see something that 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 interests me and I know that it's happening in two weeks, well, geez, get in your calendar, put it in, block off the time. And unless there's a super duper emergency at that moment, you know, in your school, you should be protecting that time, right? To, to be able to participate with that. And you'll be glad you did. Because if we don't do that, and yes, during the day, we can do it as well as as much as we can do it after class hours. But, you know, if we don't protect that time, if we don't block that time off on our schedule and actually make it a priority, then when are we going to do it? You know, by the time we're done, it's usually past 430 in the afternoon. You know, you're tired. You want to go home. A lot of us, you know, have, a you know, a lot of people still have small kids. They're running around. So, you know, you, you got to really think about, you know, when when are the opportunities uh, that I'm taking? When are they? Are they during the day? Are they in the evening? Am I, or do I not have any at all? So the first step is to find them because they won't fall in our laps and then to really put it in your, your calendar, I think, and be intentional about it. And another thing I would say, Lisa, is, you know, don't do it alone. G get out there. And, you know, you were talking about the importance of surrounding ourselves with our colleagues and so go out, reach out to two or three other principals and say, hey, you know, what are you guys doing next Thursday at this time? You know, OPC's got this going and I think it'd be fun. So why don't we all block it off in our calendars and then we'll just connect and we'll be there together. Right. So that those are I, I think it's important and it's and it's something that I'm not seeing often enough. Yeah. And, and we do have a lot after after school as well, because I know it's hard during the day when you're running a building, you know what I mean, to yeah. be on these uh sessions as well but they do have you know some in the evenings as well and usually they're only an hour long so it's not too you know uh 
too much of a commitment, but uh, it's it's nice to be able to participate in those because what I really love is the provincial perspective and, mm. you know, hearing what other boards are doing as well and making those connections, right? Absolutely. And you never know what could come out of there, right? Like uh, opportun- opportunities can come out of those connections that you make. And, you know, some of those connections might even save you from a burnout if you're feeling like you're going to burn out, like literally, you know, that's why get your colleagues involved and, and go and find those opportunities, be it at OPC website. There's a whole bunch of stuff, like you said, Lisa, that's going on, it's, you know, stuff that's easy uh, to find. If you don't know where to start, we just, you know, Lisa just shared a great place where, you know, you can start and that's at the OPC website. So go check it out and just be intentional. You know, when I'm speaking to the people that are listening to us today, just be intentional go pick something, put it in your calendar and protect that time. And, and, and because it's time for you, give yourself that gift because if you don't, no one else will, nobody's going to walk into your office and force you to get in your calendar and to block that day off so that you can grow as a leader. You know, we have to get out there and do that. Right. That is true. <laughs> Absolutely. So quite the perspective, you know, in terms of, uh, of the province. So you've seen, you know, what was going on uh, for the principals, their needs, um, and now you're in a new position. So you are the vice principal of equity and well-being. Is that correct? Uh, system principal. Assistant of principal. Sorry. System. Yeah. System principal of equity system. and well-being. Yes. yes. System principal. Okay. Yes. So um, Lisa, in the work that you do, I know, I know that you do a lot of work with the students, but do you guys do some work as well with the adults when it comes to, you know, equity and well-being? Yes, we do. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Definitely supporting uh, school leaders uh, with their equity journeys and equity learning as well. And, uh, you know, equity is hard work. It's everybody's work. And uh, yeah, so no, I'm, I'm supporting uh, not just students, but staff as well and, and school leaders as well. So what would you say is like the biggest, when, you know, when I think about equity and, and the work that we do in our board, um, I find that that one of, one of the biggest barriers just to start off with is, is getting, you know, the people to think about that kind of thing that kind of thing, right? Because we, we weren't talking about it as much before. Now, you know, we're talking about it a lot. So it's just to get it into that routine where I'm trying to spot these things. I'm trying to create, you know, these opportunities. So are there any other challenges that you're seeing that, uh, you, that, you know, school leaders are trying to overcome when it comes to equity? Well, I think there's many challenges for school leaders right now when it comes to equity and, and for students. And it's, you know, just making sure that all of our students feel safe and accepted, yeah. accepted is so important. And, uh, uh, as school leaders, it's, you know, our responsibility to do that, to make sure that every child feels safe and secure and accepted at school. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the adults as well, right? Because like I was saying, you know, as, as a principal, our first, you know, our first, uh, level of influence are, are with, is with the adults, right? So we got to make sure that our adults are also, you know, feeling safe, that they, they feel good. They're happy to be there. And there's a lot of, a, a lot of work to be done around that. And, you know, that's another one of the reasons why, you know, being a school leader is, is, is a big, is a big responsibility, right? Because it's not just about, you know, filling out reports and, uh, and doing the master schedule for the classes, right? It's a lot more than that. We're talking about supporting people. We're talking about, you know, being a leader. We're talking about wanting to reproduce leaders on your staff. And a big part of that, because we're human beings, right, is making sure that, you know, our staff, our students, of course, and our parents, but our staff, um, are in a good place as well. That's right. Yeah. And everybody's on a different journey with their learning, right? And it's okay. I, you know, everyone's at a d- different levels of learning. And, and I think it's just reaching out and saying, you know, this is what I need to learn more about. And I, I, I could use some support in this area. 
not thinking that we have to know everything because nobody knows everything. And and I will yeah. tell you, I don't know everything I'm learning. I continue to learn every day. And uh, I think it's important for everybody to realize that, that you don't have to, you know, every know everything or be expected to know everything. Absolutely. So are you seeing a lot of, at least a lot of school leaders actually like, you know, thinking about their own well-being, or is it something that you're still seeing that, you know, we're, we're, we're in that servant leadership type of thing, right? So we're always there for other people. We want everything to be perfect. We want them to be well. So are we seeing a lot of leaders, you know, putting that first before their own well-being? I think that as leaders, that's that's our tendency is we always are looking out for everybody else first and, and putting their needs before our own. And But uh, definitely, you know, I think principals are starting to realize too that it's how important it is to take care of ourselves as well, right? Because if we're not uh, doing well ourselves, we can't help others, right? So yeah. uh, that's definitely key for sure. But I know that, you know, as school leaders, we're always looking for ways to to support others as well, right? And looking at the well-being every, of of, of others, of our students and our staff and our families, right? Yeah. Sometimes I find that, you know, when we talk about, and, and I always come back to thinking about the concept of the oxygen mask in an airplane, right? When the ox- oxygen mask, you know, falls falls out in case of an emergency, well, they tell you the first person you got to put it on is yourself, right? I think there's like a guilt almost associated with that where, because, you know, I've worked with a lot of people in the past where we talked about, you know, professional development and growth and when can we do it. And then whenever I would talk about either doing it during the school day or when they were in the office, it, it was almost like a sense of guilt where they felt like they, they couldn't do it or they weren't supposed to do it, be doing it, or they felt guilty because they felt like they should be taking care of other people first and not taking care of themselves. I don't know. Have you have you been seeing that as well? Yeah, definitely. I I think there is some guilt there for sure. Uh, because like, because as I said, as leaders, we're always putting everybody else's needs before us, and and we feel like that's our job, right? When we're running a building or running a school, you know, we want to take care of the whole school community. So yes, there definitely is guilt when we're taking care of ourselves. But I think people are also starting to realize, you know, just the importance of making sure we're well as well. And I think a lot of that happened over COVID as well. You yeah. know, taking care of our own well being as well, uh, because you know, if, if all you do is work, work, work 24 seven, you know, uh, eventually, you know, something's going to happen, you're going to burn out, right? So it's important to take time for yourself as well and find find things that you find pleasure in doing, right? Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. really important what you just said, Lisa. And what I found in the last few years, that's really important to do as well is, you know, once you do find those things that you love doing, what you're passionate about, you know, how can you bring that into your work? Right. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember I've got a colleague in, in Quebec and he also he he's also a podcaster. And we we had met, you know, to see if we can collaborate on different projects. And he was talking about that and he was talking about he was a grade five teacher, right? And he's talking about how, you know, he's starting to feel a little stagnant where he is and maybe he needs a change. And then we started talking about, well, you know, I about podcasting and how he loves it. And I said, Well, did you ever think about bringing it inside the classroom? You know, as a means, you know, to 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 do your language and your, your communication bit and, and all that. So, you know, take what you're passionate about and find a way to bring it in. And and he did, and he actually brought it in with that grade five uh, class and it totally changes motivation as well. So I think it's a great, it's a great way to be able to, you know, to, to give us that fuel that we need to be able to keep going is to find, you know, what we're passionate about, but find ways that we can bring it into our work. I agree completely. And I think there are different ways. You know, I've had teachers that have, you know, that have started book clubs. I've had them, you know, start uh, different or different clubs. It could could be could 
you know, it could have been sports clubs. It could have been, you know, a different activity. So I think that there are ways that we can bring it in and that'll help us really to, you know, to overcome, you know, that sense of loneliness, that sense of repetitiveness of always doing the same thing. If we're bringing in something that we're really passionate about, that's, well, that's what's going to fuel us. And it's, and it's what's going to create that anticipation that we want to come into work. And, uh, you know, and like you said, it'll, it'll prevent us from, from burning out. Definitely. Definitely. So, yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's such important work that you're doing in terms of equity and well-being, And I just think that your experience, you know, at the, at the provincial level with OPC was also, uh, really interesting. So Lisa, if, you know, if I were to ask you, you know, where, where do you see yourself down the line in four or five years? I know we talked a little bit before we press record, and you know, thinking about you know because we're we both started at, at around the same time, and our retirement date is close, and 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 it's coming, it's coming quick. So, <laughs> you know, thinking thinking in, in three, four, five years, you know, where, where do you see yourself? Is it still that's in education? a good question? It, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I I believe I'll still be doing work in education, and I'm not sure to what capacity. Uh, you know, but I know I you know I love change and. I've been through many different roles throughout my career. And mm -hmm. so I look forward, you know, to doing many different things before I retire. Um, you know, so it's, it's hard to say where I'll be, <laughs> but I definitely, you know, I'm excited about what, what's to come in the future for sure. And, and I just look forward to continuing to support educators and, and uh, to continue to take courses, because like I said, that's always been a passion of mine is learning and, and I want to continue to do that. And, you know, so uh yeah, it'll be interesting. I can't really tell you where I'll be, but I'm sure I'll be doing something, you know, that I enjoy and and uh, hopefully making a difference. Yeah, well, you certainly <laughs> sound excited about it. And and which brings me to my next question, because I also, you know, I also uh, went, you know, um, went through a, a similar experience where I went on detachment as well to the ministry. And for me, it was really a transformational experience, right? Like I came back a different educator, a different leader. So, you know, what kind of an impact did, you know, your experience at OPC, you know, taking that risk and saying, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to try this. What kind of an impact do you think that that has had on your career and on your mindset? Well, I feel like I've always had a growth mindset, but even more, I would say from that experience, because I got to see so many different, uh, you know, uh, I, there were so many different opportunities for me. And I, mm. you know, I got to visit different provinces as well and uh, many different boards and just learning from so many. And and I think what blew me away was just, you know, the passion that we as educators have yeah. uh, for making a difference. And uh, so there's so many wonderful things going on out there. And when I visit every district, I have to say I was blown away by the work that we're doing and, and uh, just so grateful to see uh, that investment that everybody makes into education, all of our leaders across the province. So we're always trying to do better and, you know, better for our students, better for our staff, better for our families. So it definitely did enrich me for sure. And I, you know, I got to meet with the ministry, meet with the minister of education wow. and share, you know, share my perspective as a, as a leader as well, which, you know, and I, I feel like everybody has something to share, right? Like I said earlier about our strengths, we all have different strengths to share. So, but it definitely did make an impact on me that experience, and I'm very grateful for it. And I feel like it just broadened my perspective, and and uh, definitely, you know, uh, my growth mindset has gotten even, you know, bigger that way. And yeah. I, I feel like the learning never ends, right? Like there's so much Love to it. learn. Yes, absolutely. So you know, I think the message for the people listening to us today is, you know, whenever you do, 
you know, have an opportunity that comes up and, and it's a risk. Well, sometimes it's worth taking because we never know where it's going to bring us. You know, we never know what other doors it's going to open and, and don't wait for the opportunity to show up because, you know, we need to get ready now, you know, take the steps, take care of yourself, you know, prioritize your growth. And then whenever that opportunity comes knocking at the door, you're going to be ready because if you're not, it's too late. <laughs> you know, the opportunity is there and it's going to knock and it's it's going to go. So it's, it's always worth investing in yourself. That's, that's a, a great return on your investment, no matter what. But then whenever opportunities come up, like, you know, like, like yours, Lisa with OPC and even, you know, this position uh, as a system principle of equity and uh, well-being, you know, you had to accept, you had to want to go for it. So, and, and it's a risk, right? Because anything that's new, well, we don't know what it's going to be like, how it's going to change our lives. But if we don't take the risk, well, then there might not be any gains, right? But you made sure that you were ready for that risk and you kept growing and you made that a priority. So I think that's an important message for, for our listeners today to, uh, to understand, you know, take care of it, schedule it in, protect that time and just make sure that you're growing as a leader. Yes. So listen, Lisa, it's been great talking with you. Um, if we have uh, somebody that'd like to get a hold of you, uh, in which way can they do that? So they can email me at my uh, Near North email, which is lisa.collins at nearnorthschools.ca. That would be the best way to reach me for sure. Perfect. And for anybody that's looking for that email address, it is on the website. So you just need to head over to inspireleadership.ca in the podcast section. You'll find... Lisa's page there with the show notes and that email address. So if you want to reach out to Lisa, any questions, or, you know, if you needed to be guided somewhere, I'm sure that Lisa, it'll be your pleasure to be able to help you out. So listen, Lisa, I've got one last question for you before I let you get on with your life. Um, you know, for the people that are listening to us uh, right now, Lisa, if you had one wish for them, what would that wish be? One wish for them would probably be to, you know, just continue to be inspired, you know, uh, to to learn more and to do more to support students and families and and staff. Uh, I think the, you know, just it's just being inspired to do more and and there's always more to do, right? Yeah. And when I say more, and when I say more, I don't mean like you got to go above and beyond, but just you know, looking into different th different areas, doing research, finding out different supports that are available to support families and staff and students. I, I feel like there's so many supports out there that, you know, we don't always know about. And mm. uh, so it's just, you know, continuing to be inspired to support, I think is so important as a leader. Yeah. And like you said before, you know, don't think you have to do everything yourself. So how That's about right. we go from being, you know, uh, a, a mile wide and an inch deep to actually saying, you know what, as a leader, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to go really, you know, deep within that and make sure that my impact is a heck of an impact to be felt. That's right. That's great, Lisa. So listen, thank you so much for being here on the podcast with me tonight. It was great talking with you. Good luck in your next uh, your next steps. We'll keep in touch for sure. And, uh, you know, I hope you have a great year in this new position. So good things to come. And uh, yeah, so thanks for being here with us tonight. Thank you, Joelle. I really appreciate it being on the show. So thank you. I wish you well as well. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi there, it's Joelle. 
I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and that you were able to find many useful takeaways. Adding value to others is one of the most important actions a leader can take. So please share this episode with your friends and colleagues and on social media. Let's reach out to as many people as we can. Would you like to connect with me? Just head over to my website at inspireleadership.ca and you'll find all the links for social media as well as my email address. I hope that this episode has sparked new ideas and perspectives and that it will inspire further curiosity and exploration in the days and weeks ahead. Take care of yourself and we'll see you on the next episode.